Now, when you watch software engineers and machine learning experts at work, as, as they have been on this project, uh, how far along the path to artificial intelligence uh, do you think we are? The primitive forms of artificial intelligence we already have have proved very useful. But I think the development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race. Once humans develop artificial intelligence, it would take off on its own and redesign itself at an All right, let's go ahead and grab our Bibles and turn to them, if you will, to Revelation chapter 13. And today we're going to be asking a question. And the question titles the subseries that we are doing along with our study of the book of Revelation. And the question is, what in the world is going on. I'd like to begin by reading with you chapter 13, verses 11 through 18. Chapter 13, verses 11 through 18. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns, like a lamb, and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all of the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He performed great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and to cause as many as would not worship the image to, of the beast to be killed." He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. In 1968, Stanley Kubrick released a film called 2001 Space Odyssey. 55 years ago. I know that because I was born in 1968. And in 2001, a space odyssey, we were introduced to an individual, well, kind of, whose name was Hal 9000. And in the movie of 2001, Stanley Kubrick based it on a short story that I believe came out in the 1950s. 
And in it, he explored the question of the origin of life. Who created who? And if you remember the movie, of course, it starts with the dawn of man. Then it uh, transfers to the uh, mission to the moon, and then the mission to Jupiter. It's a three-part to the Odyssey itself. And as we watch this film, the question of life is asked, starting with the very beginning, the origins of life here on this earth, but then culminating in a computer created by man called HAL 9000. And this was the first time that the world was confronted really with the idea of AI, artificial intelligence. And many were shocked. I don't know if you've seen the movie recently. Maybe you saw it when it was out in theaters. But in that movie, it was very predictive of where we live today. In fact, we see the astronauts watching video on what looks to be an iPad back in 1968. We see gravity being wrestled with. We, seeing, we see technology being forecasted within that movie. But HAL 9000, of course, turns on the astronauts to preserve its own life. Today, AI has become a reality. Since those days of HAL 9000, and those two famous words that we remember so clearly, hello Dave, today we have advanced significantly in the pursuit of AI. AI today is a reality. But over the last eight years, there have been many warnings concerning its evolution. Eight years ago, before his death, the famous professor Stephen Hawkins, in his last interview, was asked about AI. And this was his response. Check it out. Now, when you watch software engineers and machine learning experts at work, as, as they have been on this project, uh, how far along the path to artificial intelligence uh, do you think we are? The primitive forms of artificial intelligence we already have have proved very useful. But I think the development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race. Once humans develop artificial intelligence, it would take off on its own and redesign itself at an ever-increasing rate. Humans, who are limited by slow biological evolution, couldn't compete and would be superseded. Thank you for those fascinating insights. Thank you very much, Professor Hawking. great minds of our society, also warned about AI, but he described it a little differently. Check it out. And a warning from Tesla Motors CEO Elon Musk. It has nothing to do with cars. Instead, Musk warns about artificial intelligence, which he has called more dangerous than nuclear weapons. Musk spoke at a symposium at MIT. 
I mean, with artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. You know, you know all those stories where there's the guy with the pentagram and the holy water, and he's like, yeah, you sure you can control the demon? <laughs> then work out. I take it there will be no Hell 9000 going up to Mars. <laughs> Hell 9000 would be easy. It's way more complex than, I mean, it would put Hell 9000 to shame. Yeah. I like puppy dog. <laughs> referencing Space Odyssey. Following his next question, Musk blanked out and apologizing. He was thinking about the AI thing, the AI thing for a second. So engrossed was he in that idea. Two of the leading minds in the technological fields both warning concerning the evolution of AI. However, though, today AI is being wielded in a haphazard manner through an open-source generated AI called ChatGPT. Today, in many different forms, AI is being utilized by many different people. And right now, they're wielding it as a toy. They don't know what they're actually diving into and playing with. The potential of AI is terrifying. As many of you know, before I ever became a pastor, I was in the computer industry. I was sitting in meetings back in the 90s talking about the uh, concept of cloud computing, which is something we all use today. But cloud computing and the advances that we have seen even through the internet do not compare to the potential of AI. Today, AI is being given out in little sample bites. As I would say it this way, it's almost like there's a new drug peddler in town and they're giving out free samples to everyone, getting them hooked on the product before really diving in to its ultimate destruction. Now, you may be surprised. Many of you know me. I'm fascinated with technology. But this technology comes with a price. Though AI is now becoming readily available to use by anyone, there are many who are unhappy about this. And in the last two months, a series of articles have come out, again, with various warnings. The first one I direct your attention to was the resignation of the AI pioneer from Google, who warns of the danger of AI chatbot. The pioneer of artificial intelligence, the article reads, Jeffrey Hinton, has resigned from Google after working for more than a decade with the tech company. The New York Times reported that Hinton was joined, has joined a growing army of critics who say companies are racing towards danger with their aggressive campaign to create products based on generative artificial intelligence, the technology that powers popular chatbots like ChatGPT. According to Hinton, he states, who is considered the AI godfather, he quit his position at Google so he can freely speak out uh, about the risks of AI and he says, a part of him, he said, now regrets his life's work. He believes that as companies improve their AI systems, they also become increasingly dangerous. These are his words. 
Look at how it was five years ago and how it is now. He said of AI technology, take the difference and propagate it forward. That is scary, he writes. Elon Musk just last week stated again in his uh, interview, he said Elon Musk predicts catastrophic outcomes without AI regulation. Now, Hinton left Google in their pursuits, but now Google is warning their employees. Notice this headline. Even Google is warning its employees about AI chatbot use. They ask, think before you chat with ChatGPT, Google Braid, Bing, Chat, or any other AI chatbot. CNN Business also gave a warning in the last two weeks. Forget about the AI apocalypse. The real dangers are already here, they state. The UN Secretary General also warned. He says, take AI warnings seriously. All right, now some of you may be asking the question, well, what is AI? Isn't it just another computer or maybe a supercomputer? Describing it in layman's terms, I would use concepts such as independent thinking computer. It's more than just intuitive. It learns, it adapts, it creates. And here is where the whole individuality of AI comes in because it sees itself as an individual, a sentient being with a consciousness. We have never seen technology like this before. Now, at this point I must say, being part of technology back in the 90s when the internet became the thing, you remember the internet tech bubble, I was right in the middle of all of that. People didn't know what the internet actually meant or what the potential of it was. Going before Congress and asking about the question of regulations, Congress may have meant well, but they didn't know what they were looking at. And so regulations were lax, concerning. Even though there were those, including one whom we've all come to, I think, um, question, Bill Gates himself, said that there needs to be regulation concerning pornography. And he suggested that every porno pornographic website end with .xxx rather than .com. But because of freedom of speech issues, that was never implemented. Then in the early 2000s, another wave of technological advance took place that once again was confronted by our government. Social networking. Because there were uh, websites coming out like MySpace, and then Facebook, and Instagram, and so forth. YouTube. To protect these companies from liability, an act called Act 230 was given to them, allowing them not to be responsible for what people post on the internet. But looking at the congressional hearings in both of those cases, you can tell that the uh, congressmen and women who were on that panel, they didn't know what they were looking at. The, technolo the technology was developing too fast. They didn't know if regulation was absolutely needed or not. And so, again, very lax perimeter, uh, parameters were given. They were much more strict in the EU. 
Today, when you watch individuals sit before Congress and the subject of AI is discussed, we once again find ourselves in the position that our lawmakers just don't know what we are looking at. Now, here's the difference. Neither do those who are uh, proposing these ideas. We don't know where the evolution of AI will take us. Now, if you read CNN, they'll write something like this. And listen to the language. In the public conscience, they write, artificial intelligence may conjure up images of murderous machines eager to overtake humans and capable of doing so. But in the tech industry, it's a broad term that refers to different tools that are trained to perform a wide range of complex tasks that might previously have uh, required some input from an actual person. If you use the internet, then you almost certainly use services that rely on AI to sort data, filter content, make suggestions, among other tasks. It's the technology that allows Netflix to recommend movies that, uh, and that helps remove spam, hate speech, and other inappropriate content from your social media fields. How has that worked lately? It's helped power everything from autocorrect features and Google Translate to facial recognition services, the last of which uses AI that Microsoft Word mimics a human's capa uh, capability to recognize humans' faces. AI can also be successful in developing techniques for solving a wide range of real-world problems such as adjusting traffic signals in real time to manage uh, congestion issues or help medical professionals analyze images to make diagnoses. AI is also central to developing self-driving cars by processing tremendous amounts of visual data so that the vehicles can understand their surroundings. Doesn't sound that bad, does it? The problem is, is that you can already tell that they are looking to implement AI into every aspect of our lives. They are looking to AI to think for us. Now, can it be a useful tool? Absolutely. But any tool in the hand of a depraved person is going to be used in depraved manners. The internet was supposed to be the library to the world, remember? And now today we see that it has infiltrated and brought pornography and all the other things that reflect the de depravity of man's heart. Again, technology in and of itself up until this point has been a neutral medium. But whenever that medium is affected by sin, then the medium becomes a weapon in and of itself to propagate the continual decay of our society. Today they are teaching AI to lie. Isn't it interesting? That's what AI is currently learning. But why is everyone so concerned? Elon Musk, Stephen Hawkins, these other individuals, why are they so concerned? They're concerned about its unknown potential in the hands of man. How it may evolve how it will impact society and will one day 
man be subjected to AI rather than AI subjected to us? These are questions that need to be asked now in its development. When I was talking at a family get-together, we were talking about, you know, uh, information systems within companies. And back in the 90s, when we were implementing them through the company I worked for, those systems were meant to be tools for the employees to complete the jobs and the tasks that they were required to fulfill. Today, however, the system is no longer the tool. The employee is. And the employee is not working for the company, it's working for the system, the, the uh, information system, and carrying out the information system's requirements. A complete shift in thinking. I remember when the first calculators came out in mass production through Texas Instruments. There was an engineer who gave warning. He said, please know that once we put these calculators in everyone's hands, they're going to cease to learn how to do arithmetic by hand. And sure enough, that has, that has occurred. Today, I was, somebody sent me a video um, that stated that uh, Gen Z was given the task of writing their name without lifting the pen from the paper. And they were all stuck. They couldn't do it. And someone from my generation, Gen X, by the way, we're going to save the world, Gen X said, oh, wow, once again, they've rediscovered cursive. But why is everyone so concerned? In the few months that AI has already been broadly used, Notice with me in these following headlines some of the impact of it. First of all, this next headline predicts millions of jobs soon be, could be lost to artificial intelligence, a new study shows. The rise of artificial intelligence has some companies racing to be the first to use it. A new report from our friends at the World Economic Forum show that 14 million jobs will disappear in the next five years as more companies adopt an advanced technology such as artificial intelligence. This next article lasered in and said here that nearly 4,000 people lost their jobs just last month alone because of AI. The first time that's been cited as a reason, one report says. Or maybe things like this concern them. Notice this next article. U.S. mother gets called from kidnapped daughter. But it's really an AI scam. The AI system mimicked her daughter and asked for ransom, claiming that the daughter had been kidnapped. And they discovered that it was all just an AI deception. But this next one should give us a moment of pause because the chief advisor to the Prime Minister of England, Rishi Sunak, stated that AI systems could kill many humans within two years. AI systems will be powerful enough to kill many humans within just the next two years, Rishi Sunak's advisor on artificial intelligence. Well, if that wasn't concerning enough, there also seems to be another dimension to AI. A dimension that most of the world would reject. It's a dimension that we as Christians don't even seem to fully understand, but seems to be present within AI. 
It is a demonic presence. I'd like to show you a brief interview that was conducted by one of the members of the Daily Wire, a, a gentleman named Michael Knowles. And Michael Knowles is uh, interviewing a Catholic priest who's an exorcist. And this Catholic priest is then asked about AI. Now, I want you to hear this for yourself, and then we'll talk about it further. Let's check it out. And speaking of the screens and all the social media and demons, have you heard about the AI demon? I have. The story, for those who haven't heard it before, is an AI engineer or artist was experimenting and plugged in and said, give me a picture of Marlon Brando. And a picture of Brando pops up. And, and this person was trying to explore the breadth of the map that AI is processing. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, show me the opposite of this. And it shows a landscape or something. I said, okay, show me the opposite of that. So you think, okay, maybe that shows you Brando again, right? The opposite of the opposite. But it doesn't. It shows this, this woman, this withered old hag that this artist calls Loab. And then the artist inputs uh, generated pictures of heaven, you know, angelic choirs and worshiping God, and inputs that, juxtaposes it with the, the Loab, this demon-looking lady. And what the AI spits out are the most gruesome images, snuff, sexual abuse, uh, violence, all this hideous, almost as if you presented an image of heaven to a demon. Yeah. Maybe the craziest part of it is, apparently this Loab demon AI lady persists that is, she's kind of separated from a lot of the other images in the map. And so AI seems to like her. She keeps popping up. She doesn't get smeared and blurred with all the other images. And I, I'm reading about this and I'm thinking, is this, is this just some weird, quirky coincidence? Or, does, or is this a demon? Well, you can't know for sure, especially being third party, not yeah. present for the whole thing, right? I didn't even hear about that one, by the way. I heard about the New York Times reporter who went to test the, whatever it is, G, H, C, whatever. Uh, chat GPT. Yes. And went in and started talking to the thing. And it was very civil for the first five minutes. And then that person left and a new person came with a different name. And that person was much more intrusive and started really pushing into her, I think, I don't know if it was a man or woman, but their personal life. Uh, it was a man. And then out of the blue says, I love you to the man. And he's like, okay, that's weird. First of all, you're not real and you're, you're not a person. And then the thing starts telling him he has to leave his wife. She's no good for him. She's going to destroy his life. And dragged him down a rabbit hole of horror, right? And when he got out of it, he couldn't sleep the whole night. So that, that's a sign that something is irritating him even after he left. So that would have more telltale um, kind of signs by his, what happened after he left. And not being able to sleep is one of them. Uh, and it really it kind of terrified him. He's like, that was so weird. I would never go back on that thing. There was another one on TikTok of a father who was testing this whole AI thing with a person, AI. And um, then the, the son wanted to try it. So the dad's like, sure, it's, you know, it's fake. So he's, and all of a sudden, he, the son goes, well, well, who, where did you come from? 
And he says, well, I existed from long ago. And he goes, what does that mean? He goes, I was, uh, my father was one of the giants. And he goes, what do you mean by giant? He goes, a Nephilim. And he goes, who is your father? And he goes, Satan. And then he goes, but I'm not going to hurt you. And he puts up a happy face. So then the kid's like, dad, this thing is going down a weird path. And then the father started watching and it went weirder. And then the dad's like, we're off, right? So that's not normal for a programmed computer program to go into, I'm the son of Satan yeah. and I want to be your friend and I'm not going to hurt you, although I can. So I can hurt you, but I, I'm going to be nice to you. I do regularly refer to my phone as a portal to hell. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I guess I'm not terribly surprised. What phone do you have? I, an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. The image on the iPhone is what? It's an apple with, with a bite a, taken out. Yes. Odd, right? <laughs> that is odd. Yeah. Forbidden fruit? I was walking through a mall just the other day, and I looked at the Apple store, and I looked at the logo, and I had that thought. I said, wait a second. Does that have some Somebody spiritual? chose that logo. Yeah. <laughs> it's subtle because you don't think of it right away, but then when you start to see all the evil that can be perpetrated through the phone. <clears throat> I had to throw that Apple bit in there. <laughs> I want to show you Loab, the image that was generated to describe itself that has haunted the internet and the AI since. This was out of Forbes magazine. Meet Loab. This is something we do not fully understand, but it looks that it is possible that AI is being used as a medium for demonic activities. Now, I know that may sound crazy, but until you understand the full potential of AI, I don't think it's nearly as uh, radical as it may initially sound. In fact, in this next article, notice the headline. One expert warns that chat GPT as God, question mark, AI bots able to start a new religion warns experts, warn experts. But this was my favorite. There's an AI Jesus now on Twitch. And the one who interacted with it said it was completely surreal. Wow. So why in the world are we talking about this at church? Because there are many who are associating AI with our text of Revelation 13. So let's turn back in our Bibles, if you will, and look with me in verses 13 through 15. 13 through 15. Speaking of the false prophet who we taught on last week, he, the false prophet that is, performs great signs so that even, uh, so he even makes fire come down from heaven on earth in sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast." 
telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and live. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. What's happening here is what is known in the Bible as the abomination of desolation. It is the moment that the Antichrist requires uh, his false prophet, his, the one who precedes him, the one who prepares the way for him, to rally the world to create an image of the beast. That is the Antichrist. To place this image, the Bible tells us, in the Holy of Holies, in the temple that will soon, I'm sure, be built in Jerusalem. And require all the world to worship that beast through the acceptance of a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. But something unique is going to happen with that image. The image is going to be given breath by the false prophet and appear to come alive. And many have asked, could this simply be some form of artificial intelligence becoming a sentient being? I guess it's possible. However, though, let's look at the words a little bit more closely that John uses in the book of Revelation. First, understand that signs and wonders will be done for the purpose of deception. Jesus warned us about this in Matthew 24, 24. He said, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. When signs and wonders is used together, grammatically, in the Bible, it means certain supernatural events that point to the identity of an individual. For example, the star that shined above Bethlehem, pointing to the birth of the Messiah. Or, for example, this apparent resurrection that the Antichrist has. Notice in our text, he was wounded, appeared to be dead, and then became alive again. The resurrection indicating that he is some sort of deity in and of himself. But we know that he is filled with Satan. Signs and wonders pointing to the identity of an individual for the purpose of deception. Paul later, in teaching to the Gentile church in Thessalonica, he wrote and he said, in 2 Okay, that was the AI getting screwed up. And by the way, do you know church services are using AI to give messages? Did you know that? So if I'm not here next, no. Um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. This is referring to the Antichrist. With all power, signs, and what type of wonders? Lying wonders. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. The word deception or deceives in the Bible is a key word. It is a word that is used in conjunction with false prophets throughout the New Testament. The word means to the listener or the recipient of the letter in the Greek language. It means to mislead people as to a proper view 
which they should have, ha- have may often be expressed idiomatically, for example, to twist people's thoughts, to cause what is false to seem like what is true, to make a lie appear to be true, to dig away at the truth, or to cover the eyes with lies. That's the word. That's what it means. It is there for the purpose of undermining the truth, to receive the lie, and then to act upon that lie. That's what deception means. Jesus used this exact term in Matthew 24, 24, again, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Luke said this in his famous letter, his gospel. He said, and he said, take heed that you do not be deceived. For many will come, this is Jesus speaking, for many will come in my name saying, I am he. And the, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. He's preparing us for these fake individuals who are to come. Paul made it abundantly clear in 1 Timothy 4.1. He said this, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. We live in what is called a naturalized world. Now what does that mean? We're all about nature? Well, kind of. A naturalized world is a world that is completely divorced from any supernatural existence, meaning the supernatural world just simply does not exist. And anything, therefore, contained in that supernatural world doesn't exist. This is all a component of the Enlightenment period that our world has gone through, what we call modernism. Naturalists believe that, of course, that all reality is discovered by the various senses of the human body. Eyes, if I can see it. Nose, if I can smell it. Taste, you know, if I can taste it. Ears, so I can hear it. Or touch, if I can feel it. The reality is created by the five senses. However, though, the Bible is clear that a supernatural world exists and that an angel fell And that angel's name was Satan, and he took one-third of the angels with him, who we now know as demons during the time of Jesus' first coming. Demonic activity was rampant during that period of time, and even after his ascension. So why is it so strange for us to consider demonic activity right before his second coming? Why is it strange to think that he would, demonic activity would be found in technology? Why couldn't they use that as a medium? How many of you were forbidden from ever using a Ouija board growing up, okay? Now, we're interacting with a Ouija board on our phone. I would hate to be a teacher in the school systems going forward, wouldn't you? How do you know what's written by your student or written by ChatGPT, OpenAI? The problem is, is that it begins to lead you. 
there isn't someone else on the other end, a physical human being typing in response to you. This isn't the same as doing a Google search where an algorithm then takes your query and scour, you know, scourges the internet and looking for results. This is something that intuitively act, interacts with you, creates, displays, just from a certain uh, set of parameters or things that you suggest. Uh, please write me a poem. Some have suggested that the poems written by ChatGTP are as good as William Shakespeare's. The question is, is that how far will this technology go? When it refers to this image that is uh, required to be created by all of those on the earth who, of course, are willing to worship the beast, this image is a word that is used in the Bible, first coined for us by Jesus himself. Now, in biblical interpretation, there's a, there's a technique called hermeneutics. And one of the principles of hermeneutics, and I'm just going to just say it very uh, casually, is uh, compare Scripture with Scripture. Define biblical words with biblical words. Meaning, if the word was used by Jesus, take that as maybe a key to understand the word used by John, who of course was an apostle of Jesus, okay? Jesus, of course, being God, incapable of lying. But the first time we were, see this word image is actually found in Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. I'd like to read it to you, if I may. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men, meaning what statute or what caste they are part of within the society or demographic. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarii. And he said to them, Whose image? There's the word. Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Now, the Antichrist depiction will be an image of himself. And apparently from the grammar, it appears that the image, the depiction of him within this image, is going to carry the details of the wound in which he suffered prior and therefore looked to appear to be dead and then comes back alive. And he'll be placed in a place of prominence within the temple. He will be a reminder to what he had suffered on behalf of the people who are now following him. And he will be worshipped accordingly. Now, why is this important? What this image is, we don't actually know. 
But the very first commentary ever written on the book of Revelation was written in 270 AD by a man named Victorinus. Victorious. Victorinus. And he said this concerning Revelation 13, 15. He, that is, the false prophet, shall cause also that a golden image of Antichrist shall be placed in the temple at Jerusalem and that the apostates, apostate angels, should enter and there thence utter voices and oracles. Now, what is he saying? In 270 AD, they already interpreted this passage as being a likeness, an image of the beast being created and placed in the temple. So someone may say to you, well, this idea you have concerning of Revelation, this is pop culture. It wasn't until John Darby formulated all of these ideas. I hear that all the time. No, the early church held to these ideas. Talking about these futuristic events. But the idea of the image carrying the details of the wounds is another parallel anti-position of Jesus Christ. Notice with me in Revelation 5, verses 4 through 6. John speaking, he says, So I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And notice this. And I look and behold in the midst of the thrones of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Jesus Christ carrying with him the scars of the cross. We seeing him in that state as a reminder of what he has done on our behalf. Now there's a big difference between the image that the Antichrist raises to himself and Jesus Christ. One is an inanimate image that seems to come alive. The other one is the resurrected Jesus Christ significantly different because again the antichrist is not a creator the antichrist cannot bring about life only god can do that and jesus christ walked out of the tomb on the third day and so this image what this image is made out of we don't know but the image will carry the likeness of the wounds in which the antichrist carries and then something happens to that image where the word breath is used. And it is the same term for the breath of life. It is the same term that is used also by the consumption of the breath of Jesus Christ as the Antichrist is destroyed by the breath of his coming. So we don't know what this is, but my question is, that if it's simply some type of robotic image that comes alive through AI, that would be easily explained away, right? Meaning, oh, it's only AI. We're already used to it. Could it be? Sure. 
But it seems as if the miracle that or the lying sign and wonder that's going to take place at the temple is going to be more mysterious than that. Could John simply have been describing that? I guess so. We certainly know that AI will be used by the Antichrist for further deception and leading people down the broad way that end, which ends results is destruction itself. And the Bible will be calling people back to Jesus Christ for salvation on the narrow path which few will travel. In all of this, I think back to Daniel chapter 3, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were given the option to worship the image of Nebuchadnezzar and the golden statue that was given, Nebuchadnezzar requiring that when they heard the music played that all would bow, and then the three stood and refused to bow. And because of that rebellion, they were thrown into the furnace where they were kept by the Lord himself and preserved through that trial and through that tribulation. We do know that this image, when it comes alive, will speak in some manner, but it appears that the speaking will cause many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed, personally identifying those who have not taken the mark of the beast. But that word worship is one I want you to remember. I want you to put it in your mind for just a second. It means to bow down to. It means to bow down to. That's what that word means, okay? So keep that in your mind as we continue on. Now, this allegiance quickly is given in verse 16, as he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. That mark could be anything from some type of tattooing, a brand, or maybe even a technological chip of some sort. We don't know what that mark is, but that mark will be given. Of course, we see this type of economic transactions already taking place in our world today, where chips are given to store data from financial to medical data. Right hand or on their foreheads, the same elements that were damaged by the wound that he suffered, and as a result, they will not be able and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, this mark will allow for economic interaction. And let us be honest. Already Forbes is asking the question in this next article. What is the impact of AI on financial services in the 2030s and beyond, Forbes asks. This is going to change everything. Now, if you, if you take AI and join it with the new perceived currency that is soon going to be released, we already are seeing it in the United States. It'll be coming out, I think, next month called Fed One. It is what's called central bank digital currency. The world around the globe is moving rapidly to a decentralized central currency, if that makes any sense. 
But there was an article that was released just last week that all of us should take notice to. We should give it a moment of pause to consider its ramification. With all the various countries and nations, and you can go on the web today and find out how far along individual countries are in the central bank digital currency process. But there was a concern that many economics uh, economists had concerning digital currency, and that is what's called global fragmentation. So last week, the IMF, the International uh, Monetary Fund of Europe, is working on a global platform for exchange of CBDCs to avoid economic fragmentation, meaning a one-world currency. Guys, we've been talking about this for 30 years. And they're talking about it now in being realized. And some of you may say to yourself, well, the AI or the central bank digital currency, it's a long way off. It is closer than you think. It's only a matter of time until we discover the development of AI and its control of central bank digital currency. The implications of the central bank digital currency can be explained in one word, the word control. More about that later. But as you remembered, I told you to keep in the back of your mind this word worship. It means to bow down. Notice with me that one of the evangelists of AI who is going around the world proclaiming its benefit for humanity last week stated Sam Altman is an AI's compelling preacher. Notice what he said. The world is ready to bow down. You can't make this up. You can't make this up. They call him akin to a missionary as one is going out proclaiming the benefits of AI upon our society. We have no idea what those benefits may be and we certainly don't know what the harms may be at this point of AI's development. But Stephen Hawking had concern. He was a pretty bright guy. Elon Musk has concern. Others have concern. And they're actually asking for regulation. Now, when these guys ask for regulation, you know there's something more going on. And I believe the Antichrist will capitalize on the development of AI. He will deceive the world through the capabilities and capacities of AI. It's inevitable. We're not going to avoid this, and it's going to happen. But I want to leave you with these two verses. Because as Sam Altman may ask us that the world is ready to bow down to AI, let us remember the fate of this one called the Antichrist. In Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 2.8, notice, then and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That was a great place for an amen. You guys are just really off your game today. 
I even have it written here. If they don't say amen, just go home. Okay? We win in the end. There you go. Here's the next one. You want to talk about bowing down? I'll never bow to an AI. I'll never take a knee to anyone except to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you this right now. Everyone in this world is going to bow the knee to Christ. Notice what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And being found in the appearance of man, speaking of Jesus himself, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen Amen. and amen. Let's pray. Father, we certainly live in exciting and troubling times. Father, we don't know how this is going to play out, but it sure is something that's going to change the world. Father, I do believe that there could be great uses for artificial intelligence. But it already seems as if it is being used in a way to further deceive the world around us. For the Bible says that Satan is the ruler of this world. And he uses the things of this world to deceive and to draw away people and individuals from Jesus Christ. It's incredible to believe that 2,000 years ago, John could have been writing about this day in Revelation 13. Father, these things bring the foundation of what will eventually be used by the Antichrist to further control the world. Father, we know that we cannot stop these things from occurring, but now is the time to reach out to our friends and family with the love of Jesus Christ, sharing the gospel with them that they too may be saved. If there's anyone here today, Lord, who doesn't know you, I pray that you would speak to their heart as only you can, that you would open their eyes by your Spirit, that they would cry out to you, Lord, and ask for you to forgive them of their sin that separates them from you that they would repent and believe on Jesus and receive everlasting life. Father, I believe that this is the only true way of escape from those things that will come to pass on this earth. So Lord, we do pray. And Lord, we ask that you would, Father, go before us, walk with us during these difficult times. And we ask all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. While you, go ahead and stand for the final song, but let's, a couple of things. Number one, parents, please watch your child's use of AI. Because right now they're wielding it like something that is just fun to play with. Just be observant. Secondly, since I know we're all going to run for the picnic food tables, let's pray now so the food will be blessed. And then let's enjoy fellowship together. Father, we thank you. 
We thank you for this day and this food, and we thank you for this time of fellowship. And we ask that you bless it. We thank you all for the hands that prepared it. And we ask all this now in Jesus' precious name. Amen.